You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. The Run the Riot podcast is brought to you by the Outlaw Race Series. You need to check these guys out at www.outlaw100.com. There are a ton of races, and they're all fantastic. First of all, in January, there's Winter Rock with distances 25K and 12K. In February, the flagship of the Outlaw 100 Race Series, the Outlaw 100 in Wilberton, Oklahoma, with distances from 135 miles all the way down to the 5K. Prairie Spirit in March in Ottawa, Kansas. Distances 100 miles down to 50K. Lake McMurtry in April in Stillwater, Oklahoma. 100K down to 5K. The Greater Roadrunner Trail Run at Roman Nose State Park in Watonga, Oklahoma in May. Distances 4 to 12 miles. And then the Flower Moon in Pawhuska, also in May, from 50 miles all the way down to 4 miles. Then there's the Dark and Dirty in July in Wilburton, Oklahoma. There's a 50K all the way down to 5K, and you can run trail or gravel. Then there's the Honey Badger 100, also in July. 100 mile and 50 mile. That's a hot one on pavement. Fun. (laughs) Then there's a Flat Rock in Independence, Kansas. Distances, 101 mile all the way down to 12K. That's in September. In October, we've got the Kansas Rails to Trails Extravaganza in Ottawa, Kansas. 100 mile all the way down to half marathon. And last but certainly not least, the Thunderbird in Norman, Oklahoma in November. 100K all the way down to 5K. These are great trail runs put on for ultra runners, by ultra runners. Guys, you will get taken care of if you go do these races. You'll get awesome medals, amazing buckles, and some nice swag. Check them out at www.outlaw100.com. We got a fun podcast today. I've got on here like two people and so we're gonna see how that goes it's gonna be fun i have uh, just some popular people who've done some amazing things and uh we're gonna catch up and then i'm gonna get to know somebody we've got marianne hogan and rob steger man what's going on i'm much hey, happy to be on here it's been too long <laughs> and so i was thinking uh, we met two years ago at silver rush yeah, we were both struggling. We were question, questioning <laughs> altitude, like, what we had just signed up for. It was like mile five or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I do that pretty much every ultra question life decisions. <laughs> but it's cool. We got to share a few miles and then we uh, we ended up jumping on a, doing a little swap cast where we just visited and uh, posted it on both of our podcasts. That was That was fun, man. That was pretty cool. We got to know each other a little bit and man, we really hadn't chatted a whole lot since then. Where you been, dude? <laughs> What's trying to make a movie? Life's been busy, you know, and it's hard. Uh, I feel like the ultra community expects like top quality in whatever avenue you go down. If you're in kind of the media ish background, so I wanted to film Marianne's race. Uh, and by the way, COVID yeah. has taken my training kind of to the wayside and priority one was like family because what two kids during COVID's yeah. been tough. Like a lot of you out there listening know. Yeah. But yeah, with Marianne, I mean, if she had run a little worse, I'd be back to training. But unfortunately, when you make history, the pressure was on to 
produce something of reasonable quality. So that's what I've been up <laughs> yeah. to. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Well, well, and kind of, I wondered is a few times I almost looked you up and I, and when we did connect and I got to uh, see the, the, com the finished product and I was like, yeah, that's where Rob was. Good. That's where, that's I'm glad you like it. I mean, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. I've yeah. watched it a hundred times and modified all these little pieces. Marianne probably doesn't have like an outside perspective of the film at this point either. And the good news is yeah. we're, we're still talking. She still responds to my text messages after. <laughs> 1500 iterations of this film <laughs> hey, hey watch this scene hey watch this scene what do you think about this scene he's like it looks the same as the last scene well i tweaked the lighting just a little bit it's a little different tint so what do you think is, is that do i have that right marion somewhat accurate like add a translation in there and then it becomes even more interesting <laughs> Oh, it's nice. Well, you know, what's funny is, and uh, I watched it and, you know, I grew up in South Louisiana. And so my people came from, you know, Nova Scotia up there. And so I, I learned some French and I was trying to pick up on everything, but you guys, y'all lost me. <laughs> so. Yeah, we have the Quebec accent. Um, that's something we'll add to the movie is the translation of those key parts, those key scenes where English was too much for me and I switched over to French. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, 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 Marianne, uh, you're from, you're from Canada. And uh, let's talk, let's get to know you a little bit because, uh, you know, as far from my perspective, you just like, boom, out of nowhere, but I know you, you know, you've been somewhere. So tell me a little bit about, you know, uh, you know, what you did growing up and tell me about who is Marianne Hogan. Yeah, of course. Uh, so I grew up in Quebec. I grew up, my first real sport tennis was swimming, but quickly I transitioned over to triathlon. I became a triathlete and really enjoyed the sport. Um, but I wanted to study in the States. That's always been my dreams. I And triathlon was in a national NCAA Division One sport. So I transitioned over to track and field. I went over to San Diego State University for five years where I got my undergrad and master's degree. And when I was done with five years of running the 10K on the track, I really was uh, kind of over having to hit a certain pace every 400 meters over and over again. But I still really enjoyed running. And so I decided to, to kind of hit the trails. And that's really where I fell in love with trail running. And um, I eventually ran into the ultra community. Uh, I hadn't known a lot about it at that point, but I moved to Boulder, Colorado. And there that that was really easy to kind of kind of fall within the ultra running world. And that was about 2016 or 2017, I believe. That's kind of how I. Nice. So you don't have any of those 24 hour races on the track uh, in, in your near well, future. Definitely huh? not. She, that. she would be <laughs> killer at that. <laughs> Desert solstice. Oh my gosh. Are you listening? Yeah, Are she'd you probably listening crush it. Give her an invite. She will kill it. <laughs> <laughs> she would probably crush it. She might lose her mind. But she... So what did you get your degree in? I did my undergraduate in management and I just did an MBA. So a master's of business administration, general, all in management. Nice. Um, and I am currently an HR manager, actually, in an IT company. So I'm putting awesome. it to good use. My... That's awesome. My wife's an HR director and she's done recruiting and all that oh, fun nice. stuff. So, yeah, I know all about that world. It takes special people to yes. do HR. So. <laughs> Definitely does for sure. We yeah. I love HR. By yeah. What? Well, just, just love. You love, love HR? HR. Yeah. Are you being sarcastic I, or are you for real? Overheard. So Marianne came over to like uh, we filmed for a few days, and she's in the basement working remote one once or twice, and I was just like, "How do you do this? I don't have the EQ <laughs> to do that. Yeah. There's no way. 
<laughs> or the discipline not to yeah. just shout. Well, this... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you can. You have to probably guard your face. Do you have to guard your face a lot, Marianne? Like, you know, when people tell you things and you have to you know, guard what you say, but you can't react with your expressions with a lot of things either, I'm sure. Maybe. I think when I'm in an HR world, I probably act a little differently. And I think that's what Rob is referring to. <laughs> I think that I, I he walked, wasn't... I walked, like, from the basement upstairs and I, I just saw her being so professional. Like, so professional. So... She's good. So she just, she flips us. You flip a switch? No, she's always professional, but this was like yeah. meeting them I or something. every single sort serious is what he's trying to say. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I have to say like the filming, the movie, it captured, it captured your personality pretty well. I think I got, I felt like I got to know you, you know, through, uh, through watching you, you know, race and watching you interact with other people and even the bloopers at the end, which. I hope you keep those in because those are fantastic. Got more <laughs> positive feedback on the, the final like two minutes than the first forty six minutes. Everyone loves the good. end of this. Yeah, bloopers. We can add to this, Rob. We should. We should we'll, add. We'll more release videos. a second like bloopers reel thing that will get <laughs> more views than the actual film. <laughs> That'd be good. Like just to whet everybody's appetite, throw the bloopers out there. Oh. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You got into the trail running scene and you started running. You evidently, I mean, obviously you had aerobic engine like crazy. And so, you know, you started putting it to good use. And I was, you know, of course, when I want to find out about what somebody's, you know, been up to and what somebody's done, I go to ultra sign up <laughs> and try to and look and see the, the history of things. Uh, and so like what we talked about earlier before we started recording, you did some of the, you did Leadville and you said your first ultra, did you do a, Wait a second here. You did North Fork too? That's awesome. Okay. I didn't realize you did yeah, that. <laughs> That's a good race. Yeah, it is a good race. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, yeah. But you jumped in and started doing your, but your first ultra was the Silver Rush 50 mile, which Rob and I suffered through. And you did a an 817 and place third place in your first ultra. Um, mine was a 1001 two years ago. And this year, because of injury, Rob, messed up knee i went in totally untrained and uh 11 27 that's what i, or that's what like I that. normally do like without an injury okay <laughs> come on be nice david yeah. <laughs> 817 okay, okay. is like well, my first you know. half it's the first 25 miles for me like <laughs> well so you jumped into that world and how you know compared to what you were doing on the track and everything else how did you you know racing like you went from racing uh, collegiate racing and doing the 10k on the track and then you get you do the trails and you jump into this and you, you do well you do very well how did you i don't know how did it feel how did your body adapt how did it adjust how did you like the vibe to, how was that transition <laughs> yeah. well, i think it was it was a um, it was an eye-opener for me my first ultra marathon because i'm a very easygoing person and i think that being easygoing only helps you up to a certain point because I was just like I had a I did my first ultra with a new pair of shoes that was too small <laughs> like I had never worn those shoes before and I started my first ultra with them and when I got to the midway mark I could not stand my feet anymore and I, and I was just like I really should be a little more uh paired or a little more organized and I that's how I learned that lesson the hard way so I think that's really what I remember about my first 100 miles that I ran that race with a pair of shoes that was way too small and was completely brand new straight out of the box. 
Um, and that's something that might fly for a 10K around the track because, you, you know, it's not long enough for you to have real serious mm -hmm. issues. But for, a, for an 80K, for a 50-mile race, it was definitely an issue. Uh, but on the other hand, I also think that it's something that comes in handy when things go wrong, that I'm so easygoing because I just go with the flow and make sure that mm, I make it to the finish line. Yeah, it was just, it's a world that I really enjoyed really quickly because it, it's much closer to to what I like in terms of it's more of a free experience. You know, when you run a 50 mile, it's not necessarily about hitting mm -hmm. paces. It's just about making your way to the finish line as quickly as you can and as while having as much fun as you can. Um, so yeah, it's a world that I, I appreciated really quickly. And it's not only about racing, but it's also about uh, training with people, you know, just long days in, in the mountains are definitely something that I added to my agenda very quickly. Can I throw something out there? What? So yeah, go ahead. Man. She says that. And again, this is one of the most humble people in the entire world. Uh, perfect example, how laid back she is in a lot of cases. Western States, she's in fourth place. She's gunning for third that is in front of her two or three minutes. She has fifth place on her tail by two or three minutes. She crosses Rucky Chucky, goes, she sits down and she looks over at me and one of her buddies that was helping crew. And she looks over and like, how are you guys doing? You guys having fun? <laughs> Most competitive U.S. ultra marathon in the entire world or in the u.s and yeah. she's like more concerned about how's the film guy doing is he having fun how's her crew doing it's like marianne stay I love focused it. I love it. take this more serious yeah. i think that's a gift though i think that's a like you know i even coach i coach uh i was gonna ask when you first did silver rush when you did uh 50 miles for the first time did you find a new level of hurt of pain of you know, where you had to dig deep, where it was kind of hard to push through when you did that race? No, like I said, my first 50 mile was really just about making it to the finish line because my shoes were small. But then, so then my other experiences, of course, then I fell into a different kind of world. But that first one really was just about making it to the finish line with too small of shoes. But otherwise, it is a different <laughs> type of pain. And in all seriousness, I think that it is something that you just have to, you know, you're just... The thing that I remind myself of very often when I am in pain in the middle of an ultra marathon is I tell myself that even if I go slower, I'm not going to be in less pain. Like even if I lay off pedal, like yeah. it's going to be hurt. It's going to be hurting. And not only is it going to hurt, but it's going to hurt even longer. Uh, so I just, that's, that's kind of like my logic. Like, like you got to get to the finish line fast so I can stop hurting. Run fast, finish quicker. There you <laughs> go. I like it. I like it. Well, it's funny though. Like I tell, you know, cause we can get, like uh, in our own head and just kind of embrace that, that misery and that, that suck. And we can let it, it, you know, and I tell my, my, my runners when they go into an aid station, like make yourself smile before you go in and make sure and thank the workers there, ask them how they're doing. And I kind of coach them on that because there's something about when you start looking outside of yourself and caring about other people, you know, I think that's a gift. And you've got that same, uh, I don't know, that, that vibe as Courtney, you know, you know, she's suffering and we've all seen it. And then, but she'll put on a smile and ask other people how they're doing. I love that. That's, I think that's a, I think that's a gift. You know, I think that's part of your superpower. <laughs> well, I think anytime I'm being compared to Courtney is good news. So I'll take it. <laughs> she's always smiling <laughs> most of the time, but she eats a lot less candy. I'll just throw that out there. A lot less candy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can a confirm less, that. It's more I, what, what, weird stuff. <laughs> 
totally calling her carrots out. okay well, well i love to hear what people are doing what what does what do you fuel with robin you can tell on her if she's not you know sharing you all the, the carrots things, what do you fuel with for your big races carrots wait during the races or outside of races what do i fuel with when we went for our first run together in 17 oh yeah and she pauses, she's I like, was... I'm going to have a snack. And I was like, all right, whatever. Uh, and she pulls out like whole carrots that are like, like <laughs> 12 inch, like out of her pack. She had like 12 pack of carrots that are like the real carrots and are was you... just munching on them. I'm trying to like keep a straight face. I'd never <laughs> seen someone bring a pack that had a whole thing of carrots. I've never heard of that. It was <laughs> mind blowing. I'm like, do you, do you like take salt? And she's like, I don't really need salt. I just drink water and eat carrots. <laughs> love it. <laughs> Has that stuck with you, Marianne? Or you continue to do That's that? That's also one thing that I did better than from my, the, my first ultra marathon. I packed some apples, some oranges, uh, apple, oranges, almonds, uh, carrots. Uh, those are my snacks for my first Silver Rush 50. <laughs> the whole, like um, the whole thing? Like a whole <laughs> apple? I cut up an apple and I had like a Ziploc bag of okay, almonds. Like I, Money. I just right. had. That'd be funny. Just, just running down the trail, chowing down on an apple. Well, but I've evolved oh. from that. Obviously, I've I've worked on a lot of things, and I've worked on my fueling strategies for sure. So, what is what does your fueling strategy look like now? I love to hear what what works for yeah, everybody. Yeah, I think that the, to have a good fueling strategy, you have to have multiple plans in place. Like for me, it's just a matter of having multiple options, but then having a staple that really provides uh, consistent calories. And for Western States, it was a lot about the NAC hydration mix, uh, which includes protein, which really helps. Uh, and in the hot weather, it's just very, it's easier to consume fuel. Uh, I like to consume liquid fuel and I'm a big Coke drinker and you'll see that in the movie. When I went like, I saw when that. I, there's nothing that I feel is more uh, like refreshing than when you get to an aid station and you open a can of Coke, like a cold one. It has to be really cold. That's the only thing that I ask my crew. <laughs> um, and then they give me a, a, a filled bottle of the NAC fuel and then I go. So that was really my staple during Western States is those calories. Uh, and then for UTMB, for some reason, I was really enjoying the, the puree. So NAC also made some purees, which is like some oatmeal and some apple flavor. And one pouch has like 350 calories. Uh, and so I wow. just, I was just making sure that whatever was going on, I was like having like half of that, half of a pack per, per uh, maybe 30 or 40, every 30 or 45 minutes. And so that really helped me kind of get to the finish line. I haven't heard of NAC. I need to look into that. I always love to, to, you know, try different options. So I have different options when, you know, when your stomach goes south on, on your go-to fuel, it's good to have a backup or, you know, and I haven't heard of them. Uh, I have to check yeah, it out. they're a really cool brand that they started in Montreal, but now they're expanding uh, a lot in Europe. They are now the official partner of uh, UTMB. Uh, so right wh whichever race you'll do by UTMB, they'll have the NAC products um, and their products are, are incredibly good. And what's really good about them and what I really like about them, knowing that I like carrots so much, is that uh, they're made out of natural ingredients. And so you know that you're not eating anything artificial or chemicals or anything. It's very just natural ingredients and uh that's always good for me to know because I think that's what my stomach is able to digest better. I'll say shout out to them for being like the core sponsor of making this film work. It's not cheap to go out nice. to States, but then to go out to UTMB is a whole different 
realm. So yeah, yeah without their support, I don't, we would have captured this little piece of history. I do think what Marianne did in 22 is like historical. Mm -hmm. I know what Courtney's doing yeah. this year. It, well, always is historical, he's, he's, but, yeah, yeah, but <laughs> different historical. You, you saw, and I'm not going to like try to ruin the movie, but even Wamsley gave Marianne a shout out. Uh, and of yeah. all people, a guy that, you know, has had success at States trying to do UTMB. Killian, mm -hmm. I actually asked him after he won UTMB, like, will you ever do the Western States UTMB double? And he was like, Never ask a runner what their next race is after they just finished a race. So I couldn't get a straight yeah, answer yeah. out of him, but um, it is yeah. not easy and things only get more competitive. So what she just threw down last year, I mean, that's why I spent so much time on the film because I, I do think it will withstand yeah. a lo long time. Yeah. Well, let's kind of get into how did you guys meet? Because you said 2017, you know, you guys went out on a training run together. And is that it? So how did you guys, how did you guys Marianne meet? might not this know this. About? I had a back of the knee injury. I signed up to do quad rock in, I want to say 17, which is a pretty early, yeah. like in the season race. And so I brought a GoPro and could barely hobble around. I asked Nick Clark, the race director, one of the, the best in the business. All of Nick's races are awesome. Uh, can I film? Can I take some photos and whatnot? And the previous year, Casey Lichtai won Western States, I believe. It was 16, right, Marianne? Yeah. For, for her win. So she was on the cover of Ultra Running Magazine. She was, yeah, crushing. She still is crushing. But I saw Marianne finish and I ran behind her for like two miles and tried to keep up of the last two miles of Quad Rock 50, which she might still be actually on the ultra running sign up photo of that race. But she threw down like a huge course record, I believe, that might still actually be standing uh, depending on the course. But Casey, I think, finished second or third and that's when like second. immediately my brain was like all right this woman just threw down like a crush crush time on a difficult course that they use as training into western states like she is just in my head as an analyst like i see all the points lining up for her to run western states and do really well like maybe even better than casey Lichtai, which was hard to comprehend. And uh, from there, I had her on my podcast and we went for a run together. I was experimenting. She was my, one of my first guests ever. She believed in training for ultra, I think before nice. anyone. And she was my first video subject cool. ever in 17. We went for a trail run nice. and I was like, Oh, it's a really good idea. Let's do an interview and run trails at the same time because the audio quality is going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So that's, I think that's most of the genesis. I mean, hopefully I covered it, Marianne. Yeah. And I think that's, no, is that's what makes the movie special is that he, like, he, he pulled out that footage that I had actually never seen. <laughs> and he had asked me questions in 2017 that are really relevant to what happened in 2022. So I think that that's also what I found was so special about the movie. Yeah. 
So a lot happened though, between 2017 and 2022, what was the big, you know, we, we mentioned injuries, you know, Rob's knee, my knee, <laughs> what happened what? to you? So I had a pretty good season in 2017. I finished that over. And then in 2018, actually, I got back into the swing of things. And just when I was about to start the 2018 season, I twisted my ankle, my right ankle, and I it got caught in a rock and I was going downhill. So I went flying forward and I spiraled, fractured my tibia fibula. Um, and so mm. I required surgery. I required a couple surgeries, actually. And um, for some reason, mm. my body was not responding well to the, the screws and the plates that were in my leg. And so for a long time, it was really hard for me to walk and it was really hard for me to run. And so during that time, I became a guide for a Paralympic triathlete um, and we ended up going to Tokyo together. And so all of that together made it so that I didn't show back up on the trail running stage until 2021 end of 2021. And I wasn't even really training for trails at that point. So that's really how, so I, I got like a couple of surgeries. So a couple of years that I was completely out of it. And then I started doing triathlon again to become, to help Jessica go to the Paralympics in 2021. And obviously COVID happened in there. So I guess that explains yeah. the, the yeah. long hiatus that, to summarize it because obviously yeah. a lot of other things happened, but that's really what, what kept me out of the game for so long. And uh, yeah. Yeah. How did you, uh, you know, for Everybody listening, you know, we all go through, through different injuries and some take people out longer than others. How did you, for somebody who's run so much and love, you know, being out on the trails, doing these races and you were kind of ramping things up and, you know, crushing. Uh, and then all of a sudden, like, I have trouble walking. I mean, <laughs> how did you mentally, how did you deal with that? What did you, I mean, how'd you live? <laughs> well, it wasn't easy. Uh, I think that the accepting it is the hardest part. And for me, as soon as I've accepted it, I think it's easier for me to turn the page and kind of realize that, you know, for the next couple of months, the next couple of years, uh, life will not be the same for me and I will not be able to. And that's really what I hold on to. And I just try to make, I always try to look at the positive because there always is a positive. Uh, and so in this case, obviously, I think going to the Paralympics was a huge positive for me. Um, obviously, it was it was good because it, it got me back in shape, but it was also a once-in-a-lifetime experience. And in fact, not a lot of people get to do that. Yeah. Company of blind triathlete to the Paralympics. For me, it's always about looking for the silver lining. And, you know, you, you can decide to focus on the things that aren't going well, but there are also a lot of other things that are going well. And I'm lucky to have a very good family and very good friends and a very good job. And I just focus on all of those things. And I was patient and I just told myself that eventually I'll be back on the trails. And when that moment comes, I'm not going to let it go away. And I think that's what happened for me yeah. in 2022. And I think that's also why I made sure to give it my absolute best when I showed up to the start line. And I think that's an attitude that I'll keep with me for the rest of my life because of the fact that I broke my leg, even if my broken leg still brings me trouble today. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, you know, my listeners probably tired of hearing me say this, but I always say and, until you can, if you can't do what you want, until you can do what you want, you do what you yeah. can, you know, and just focus on what you can do. And uh, what an awesome, you know, you kind of made lemonade out of lemon and ended up going, you know, going to the leading someone to help them achieve their goal and being a part of that process. How cool yeah. is that? Yeah, it was really nice. <laughs> that, that was a huge part yeah. of reaching back out and staying in touch with Marianne like that act of just pure kindness to help someone else achieve their goal was definitely in the back of my mind and then also hearing that she signed up for all the golden ticket races 
and realizing like, <laughs> oh boy, we're letting in the She's tiger out of the cage here. She's gonna go. She's gonna go bonkers, and I gotta film this. How was it when you finally got back out on the trails? I mean, were you a little apprehensive when you started training again or did you just, you know, just take it slow? I mean, just how was it mentally? Yeah, you know, what's funny is that I, I, the Paralympics were end of August 2021 and two weeks later I was doing 125K in in the, in Canada. It's a race called UTHC, which is a really nice race out here. It was part of the Ultra Trail World Tour before and I think I was leading the race and at about 80 kilometers in, I really severely twisted my ankle, <laughs> like really severely. Uh, and so I barely yeah. made it to the finish line. But uh, to be honest, I was just happy to be out there. And, and I eventually recovered yeah. from my twisted ankle. And uh, eventually I was able to keep running. And, and I, I think it's going to be hard to find someone who enjoys trail running more than I did back in, in 2021, you know, I was just so happy to be out there and it's just, you know, I, it's, it's a feeling that uh, you can't duplicate, even if you try hard, you know, it's circumstantial. Yeah. Well, you can tell she's from Canada. She keeps throwing these K's out and I'm doing math in my head every time she's yeah, 125 K. the longest race to yeah, that right. date, I think. Right. Is he? Yeah, yeah, because I was looking in from the film, uh, I just just blows my mind. Okay, so my first ultra was a hundred miler. I just jumped in oh, okay. my first ultra. I didn't know that, I, but I did longer during training. You know, uh, but my first race was, but that her first hundred miler was Western States. That blows my mind. That's how did you? I don't even know. Like I can't put, like think like what would be going through my mind. The doubt, the freaking out, the I don't know. How did you wrap your mind around that, that you're getting ready to go and do Western States and you'd never run a hundred miles before? I don't know. I, to me, it was never like a, it was never something to wrap my brain around. It was just like, I was just so excited to be there. And Western States is a huge win. Yeah. Okay. And, and I was, I had gone out there for a month before and I had enjoyed the trail. So there was nothing unexpected that was going to arise. I just had to run the hundred miles. And of course, a hundred miles is a new distance, but I think that I think that, you know, if you're going to do something, you might as well go big. And I was excited that Western States was my 100 mile, my first 100 mile. And I was yeah, amazing. that okay, yeah. UTMB was my second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> that's that, that's crazy. And I was going to ask how you train differently. And so, like, it's not like you just showed up. I mean, you were smart. You went out, you trained on the trails. Uh, what kind of mileage do you normally put in? And what did you put in for Western States? Yeah, I like to run 100 mile weeks. Um, it works for me. I think okay. that um, whenever I start doing more and I have done more, and uh, sometimes I pay the price, <laughs> um, but uh, I feel like 100 miles is good for me. I think my body accepts it well and it's good volume. Um, but yeah, I have done more, and sometimes I end up paying the price on that. I tried to warn you in 17. <laughs> she used to do 140 mile weeks. Holy smokes. I was like, <laughs> I, just... I know you've built up slowly, but don't you think this is not good? Yeah. <laughs> she would run commute yeah. and you would run commute what 10 okay. miles each way or something yeah really and then she'd go out for adventures on the weekend it's like whoa wow holy crap i like running well, obviously <laughs> there, there's yeah there's this thing called i don't know breakdown yeah. and just <laughs> things that's the thing though you learn you know you live you learn you run and you learn <laughs> so. true 
It's, it's true. I mean, every, every single listener, we've all been through injuries. You, you, we're trying to figure out where our sweet spot is, and we push that envelope. Uh, you know, Rob, you, I mean, Triple Crown and all the things you did, getting out and running before the Triple Crown and after to get those miles in for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, it's, it's ridiculous. But That's where I peaked you know, out. That was like my 140-mile weeks that Marianne had. That's where I realized, like, eh, yeah, I don't yeah. need to be doing quite this extreme of when David Goggins is sleeping yeah. and I'm out running, there's a problem. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. when David Goggins has been sleeping when, a when while, when he looks or... lazy relative <laughs> to my few days out there, yeah, it was bad. So, rebalanced, yeah. found, yeah, found yeah. what's in, most important and kind of reprioritized. I think we're all in a constant state of that. It'd be it's wise to do that both for our physical bodies, but also for our families, our, you know, just our, who we are, you know, just having a balanced, you know, life. And, and we, you know, we swing that pendulum in seasons and, and I think that's okay, but we've got to, we've got to, we've got to get centered again every now and then. Otherwise it's our, like, you know, it's like our, family work training and racing. Like it, it's like the, you can never balance it perfectly because it's like a three legged. Yeah. And then you took, yeah. Table. Yeah. Well, and then you throw in podcasts and film and uh, all the things. It takes you away know? from the training. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, well, so Marianne, what, what was it like? I was privileged. I got to do uh, Western States in 2019. I got in on the lottery with my second, uh, you know, from second ticket, you know, and so I was just fortunate, can't, blessed, however you, you want to put it that. to get People in. Un they'll unsubscribe. Don't tell people that. I'm just joking. Well, you know, whatever. It's, it's, it's the truth. That's it's awesome. The truth. awesome. I recognize my neighbors all heard me hooping and hollering <laughs> when they Police called my name. Yeah, yeah. I recognize how blessed I was. I didn't pay anybody off. It just happened. And every year there are some people like even with one ticket that get in. It yeah, happens, yeah. you know? Yeah. When but, she got in on the lottery ticket and it was her first lottery ticket. It's crazy. Wasn't that? <laughs> yep, yep. Um, so... Yeah. So you're there. I mean, like, this is the biggest thing you're there. Tell me the, you know, how you're feeling. I mean, you said earlier, you go big or go home. You're, you're getting ready to start the race. Are you focused? Are you just excited? Are you both like what's going on? What's going through your head when you're about to start Western States? Yeah, I'm super excited. I think at that point I was very excited to just go. And I think that uh, I really liked the fact that nobody really knew or nobody really saw me coming. As you said, like <laughs> I kind of just showed up in 20, in 2022 and nobody was expecting me and I thought it gives you a very good feeling and I think it's important to show up on the start line knowing what you are worth and what you're capable of and that's what was exciting me and uh, that's why I was just ready to go like I I remember not being nervous at all but I remember just being really excited for the gun to go off did you run up the escarpment but I actually was oh, pretty God, yeah. she was, no yes, I, was conservative. I wasn't too bad yeah right i'm gonna start i'm gonna be really smart and not run too fast early on said marianne no, that was more utmb utmb was i started off mm. way too fast i was like but again it worked out mile 24 who was in first place come on yeah but that, that's not the escarpment um, i was that's a misconception uh, because on the top of that hill, I yeah, was seventh, and I ran that's down true. the hill just faster than the others. But I was first by think, like think Camille. Okay. Wasn't Camille right. Heron like third overall after that section, at or was that the previous? 
Yeah. No, it was at the top apartment. Yeah. Okay. I think she was pretty pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah, I think she she boogie. She always does. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. <laughs> when I ran it, I did not run up these kids. <laughs> yeah, I, I just got up there. So this was your first hundred miler. You were totally prepared for it, but you kind of hinted earlier that you reached a new I don't know, low or just, you know, pain, struggle. How did, how did it unfold? And you don't have to give away too much from the film because you show some things there, but mentally, uh, how did you, how did you deal with that, you know, going further than you ever have before and pushing through some things you might've never felt before? I feel, I, I feel like a hundred mile was reassuring because there's more room for error. Uh, which I think should be reassuring for anyone. I think that the shorter the race, the less hmm. room for error you have. Like that. Uh, so that's what I really liked about the 100-mile distance, and that's what Western States kind of opened my eyes to it because for the first... So up until mile 24, I felt great, and then I started feeling really sick, and I was really sick from mile 24 all the way to last chance. So that's a good, like, 30-mile or something. Hmm. Uh, and I felt horrible and I was just thinking like, man, I'm having the worst race of my life. And then somehow, and it's not that surprising, but with the help of my crew, I like completely switched things around. Uh, and that's what I really love about this distance is that you have time to turn things around. And if things aren't going well, and I felt sick all the way through Michigan Bluff, which is way, you know, which is past the midway point. Um, so I know that was really encouraging yeah. to me. And that's what I really appreciated about the 100 mile distance. I love how positive she is because everybody else with 100 miles, they're thinking if something goes wrong, it can just get worse and snowball. And she's like, for the 100 miles, if you make a mistake, you got time to fix it. I love it. That was that an amazing true. line. Like, we should open the episode with that yeah. line. That was amazing. I think so. Just like she's so. in That's seventh good. place and she's like, I'm having the worst race of my entire life. It's like the most competitive yeah. U.S. race out there. Oh, Marianne. Oh. So, Rob, how was it watching it unfold, man? Uh, just seeing her go through. It through was all difficult because those early miles, there's no cell reception. I'm getting a text directly mm. from my dad, like, Marianne's winning the race. And I'm like, huh? It, it was very, like, spotty. And then once, once you get around the halfway point, you start getting a good feel of, like, who's having a good day, who's not. Yeah. And I was nervous when I saw her go, like, Getting a text from my dad, like, yeah, she's winning, which was beyond, I just recorded her saying she's going to be patient and hold back and not really do anything. <laughs> to then see her, like, 15 miles later, just, like, eighth place. Yeah. Maybe she dropped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to then, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was maybe one of the most beautiful comebacks to the podium I've ever seen. I was really smartly mm. run and she smiled the whole time. Uh, but yeah, seeing her family's reaction because throughout the whole double, the Western States UTMB double, I mean, I feel like I'm almost part of her family throughout that process. So it was like living it vicariously as if I'm like her big or little brother. I, I think you'd be my little sister. Uh, I feel like I'm like part of their family. So it's it was yeah, weird yeah. and amazing, and it's also odd to capture someone's like when they're having maybe the happiest moment of their entire life, 
and also having the most painful experience of their life. Mm. It's weird to capture that and be there. Yeah. I feel like we will probably forever have a connection on that front, just being there for the, the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. It's just weird, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, it's inspiring though, you know, especially this person, you know, and you know, you've gotten to know and to, just to be there and witness the, and catalog it, you know, the, the lows and then the highs and then cr and crush it, cr and then, and get it done, you know, and finish with a smile. I'll just share one, one other little quick one. I remember we were so excited because, or at least I was, because they announced like 10, 10 female runners at Western States, like before the race. It's kind of like a race preview. Uh, it's like some of the favorites. They try to do a shout out. And she was such a dark horse yeah. that we were like, I don't know if they're going to call her or not. Like, like, cause you know, you've been out a few years. And so when they announced that was the first, like kind of emotional high point of the whole series for me was like, yes, at least you get to go up there and get yeah. a quick shout out. Cause you deserve it. I just didn't know if the community had completely, cause five years is a long time not to be. Uh, yeah. competitive going from being super elite to like trying to rebuild from the ground up. But yeah, after they announced yeah. her, I was like, it's on it. This is going to be good. Well, they, they announced her, brought her up there and then she showed why she, that was legit. <laughs> Do you remember that man? We're like, I don't yeah, know I mean, they're going to call you. <laughs> I remember it. And I think it's nice. Like, I think it's nice too. I remember Rob being excited for me. And that's what I love. You know, I love kind of having that external kind of enthusiasm and external pressure in a certain way. You know, like he could, I could tell he was enthusiastic about the fact that I was potentially named in a top 10. So I was like, huh, he would probably be very enthusiastic if I made top 10. <laughs> I felt like a crazy person. Like people were like, why are you going out to film this? I was like, Marianne Hawkins running. And they're like, who is that? And I'm like, no, she's who? trust me. Like, no one. Like I felt <laughs> legit like a crazy person and needed confirmation. Yeah. So thank yeah. you, Western States, yeah. whatever committee. Oh, that's great. That's good. Y'all don't have a, you know, at the beginning of the film, just I called it. Yeah, just cut it. <laughs> so one of the things, uh, not, I don't want to steal too much thunder from the recording though, but one of the things when, uh, when you finish the race and I so felt it with you because I've been there is when you were laying down. Yeah. This, with the shakes afterwards and you were still smiling i know but i, I yeah it's what's crazy is that in that exact video in the movie you can't tell how much i'm suffering but i was laying there for at least an hour just like it almost looked like there's an open elect like it having an epileptic shock like it was really bad and then rob asks me those questions and i'm like yeah okay you, you were smiling, but I could tell you were, you know, and I've been there, you know, I know that yes. feeling. And uh, and I'm glad Rob got some good footage after the race of you walking away from the track. Yeah. I call that the ultra strut <laughs> that you earned. Yeah. I was thankful to get uh, that, honestly. So, and like she said, she's yeah, laying there yeah. for like 30 minutes. And I was like, are you okay? Like, is it your hip? <laughs> like, what is it? Like, I know you're not allowed to drink electrolytes right now. You got to go like pee in a cup, but like. Are you okay? Yes. <laughs> and I was exhausted. I we woke up at what three a.m. for that race. Yeah, or at least that's yeah. behind the scenes. I I mean, I went from three a.m. to almost three a.m. 
for states and then UTMB is <laughs> even wilder because you have all the yeah, it's weird. like I flew yeah. over and I was on a different time zone it starts basically at night and you're on like a like a weird news caravan that's covering the race and you get like one hour of sleep and then you're back at it I complain while you're out running the whole Ooh. time, but still it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it was very yeah. difficult in terms of the physical need. Like if I hadn't been trained to do sleep deprivation, there's no way I would have pulled focus or like even thought about the lighting or the sound and all that stuff. So there's no one helping me on any of that stuff. Yeah. It, we joke at the end about our makeup team and our, our lighting team and sound engineers and everyone, but it was just me and a camera. It's Rob. It's just Rob. <laughs> so Marianne, you finished Western States, crush it, emotional high, amazing, but you've got another race you got to get ready for. So how did you, what was your, I mean, what did you focus on? I think I heard you send it on the movie that it was a few days or so and you kind of started running again or something? I think it took a good, like, seven or eight days off completely. And then I started jogging. Okay. And obviously, I didn't have a lot of energy at first, but it was more about, like, jogging with friends and just things like that. I actually took it very easy. Um, and then when I felt that my body was ready to start going again, I focused solely on elevation gain. Uh, that's really what I did. And uh, I think that the switch actually was easier than what people say but I think it depends it depends for you but for me I just enjoyed it like I was just like when you go when you do a lot of elevation gain it's a lot of walking it's a lot of hiking with poles and that was a fun transition for me yeah. uh, just because it's different and I feel like it was almost easier for my body to do that than to go on the like long tempo run on pavement you know so it was a good transition and I had a lot of fun I actually moved over to Europe um, a month leading up to it as well and I did a whole lot of uh, okay. trail running out there and it was a lot of hiking with poles and I think that really got me ready for UTMB because that's definitely my weakness I'm not a very good uh, hiker so I worked on it since the person yeah. winning UTMB what was... like <laughs> yeah yeah I'm not a good hiker it's <laughs> a can we turn this interview off? I'm going to, sh I'm going to shut my computer. Yeah, yeah. She's, yeah, she's humble. You make me sick. <laughs> CC, I was just trying to take top 500. And it was the race of a lifetime. And I was 498 or something. Yeah. Nice. And I'm a good hiker. Right? What was the, what was the, how long did you have between states and, uh, and UTMB it's that year? Two months. It was, was eight weeks. Okay. Okay. So enough to kind of, kind of recover a little bit, maybe just do a quick, uh, you know, ramp up some mileage and then taper. How long of a taper do you normally do? I, I usually do like 10 days. So I looked at it like I, I took two weeks after Western, like really relaxed. And I build, I built for four weeks and then I took another two weeks really relaxed. Okay. Okay. And so you, by that time, I mean, you felt fresh, felt good to go for the, for you to Yeah, I felt fresh and good to go. I, so this is the issue that I've been, I had been dealing with is um, because I broke my right leg. Uh, I'm, I don't run um, correctly anymore because when they operated me, my right leg is, it, it's like, it's more like a penguin leg and then my left leg is okay. And so whenever I run, like you can tell that I'm discoordinated and my left side is always uh, taking a lot of the impact. So in the, at the end of my four week buildup leading up to UTMB, I felt my left side being very tight and tender. And I thought to myself, like, okay, this is a good time to taper. 
Uh, but I think that that was also probably my body sending me a signal that uh, something was a little off. And then uh, eventually mm-hmm. <laughs> it spoke to me again, eventually uh, a little more than halfway through UTMB. Yeah. So, I, you know, I coach runners and all too. And I noticed that in your running form, but I wasn't going to say anything because I can't keep oh, up with you. And, and you got people like Camille Heron. You know, you look at Camille running and you can't even imagine she's running as fast as yeah. she's running with the way she runs. So, but, uh, but okay. So it, it really, it did affect yeah. your, your gait. Your, yeah, uh, and it's really interesting because people, you know, Mathieu, who got taken at UTMB, he's a really good friend of mine. And we ran together a lot before I was injured and after. And the first few times that we ran running, he asked me, "Why? what are you doing with your right leg? And I didn't even realize that I was doing it. <laughs> and I was thinking like, what are you talking about? And then we looked at my foot and... My, and that's when I realized that when I started running again is if I'm laying down, my right foot, it just is like this and like I'm a little, it's like a couple degrees to the right, whereas my left foot is straight. And so when I run with that foot on the right and um, I can't try to fix it because that's how my bone has been brought back together. So I can't, even if I try yeah. to fix it, it just, it will bring up a whole other series of problems. And so it's just my reality and I have to deal with it. And it makes me run a little weird, but at least I can run. So I'll take it. Hey, and yeah, run and run well and run fast. So yes, yes, take it. <laughs> so I've never been to UTMB, uh, you know, but I've seen it. Uh, you know, How, I mean, that's gotta be, I know it's a huge, I mean, the people, uh, out there, it had to be pretty exciting to to get out there and b- get at the starting line. Yeah, it was very exciting. It's a big show, uh, and I had never been to UTMB before either, and so I wasn't necessarily expecting that. But uh, it was very fun. I think that uh, the first, you know, the first few sections of the race, you just fly through them because there's so much action. There's so many people running. Um, and the spectators are just out of this world. Like, you know, if you want, you know, right now it's the Tour de France and you watch it. That's really how you feel when you're running UTMB is that's how you feel like the spectators are. That's awesome. Yeah. And from what Rob said, you did go out pretty fast. Yeah, at the beginning. I did go out fast. <laughs> they did the favorites introduction again. And she's like, she's ranked six in the world at the time. And I'm just like. Wait a second. Like, this is mind-blowing. She's, like, waving the crowd like she does it every day. Like, no big deal. <laughs> they do the intro to the start line. Waves, runs, goes to the front of the start line. I'm just, like, like. <laughs> she just embraces it. Yeah. Do I need to talk to someone? Like, is this real? Like, this is so crazy. And it got even That's worse so cool. throughout the race because, yes, yeah, she doesn't know how to start a race like like David and I, where we're like, we know our limits. She doesn't know her limits. Uh, so she will go out potentially faster than some of the, the favorites of the entire history of ultra running. And uh, Was she ahead of Walmsley at one yes. point? Yes. Yeah, by like a large okay. amount. Yeah. Yep. When get, when Not good when... Yet. but honestly man you're fast enough it makes sense and i mean but yes that was mind-blowing and so killian must have passed you too about 4k yeah i will say this is what happened so i was standing at the front line with matthew who's my very close friend and i was going to go back i was going to like leave the first line but then he insisted he said no he says, there's never enough women on the start line of UTMB. You should start next to me. 
And so then I said, okay, I'll stay here with you. But then I just kind of got carried away and then that was it. <laughs> no, but seriously, I when did it. Killian I pass you? I didn't ask you that I don't know. before. I, he must have not. So Jim passed me like he was, like he came right next to me. So I saw him and that made me react like, oh, I... Boy, I hate when I go out faster than Jim Walmsley, you know, like I'm always like, what am I doing? I do it all the time. <laughs> I, I guess Killian passed him as well, but I don't know where I didn't see. Because he's Killian was behind what, him. I'm, what, I'm mile, sure. what mile was it? Four or what five mile K. was it when he paid? Yeah. Yeah. A okay. little less than that, probably two or three miles in. Not nothing dramatic, but okay. it's a very flat section. But okay. still. Got you. That's All how right. you we'll, give you. we'll give you a pass. We'll give you a pass. It's a very yes. flat section, yeah. so I can go out faster yeah. than Killian. Jim, like, Jim. run, really? Oh, oh. To yeah. be honest, if I were to do it again, I would not let that happen. But that being said, I survived. I'm okay. Pass is in the past. You Can't change it now. You went out you at live. record speed. <laughs> and Katie was even in front of you. Like, Wait, he was in front of me, so All I was right. okay. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, well, how did, uh, so obviously, you know, UTMBs, it's different from Western states, different kind of climbs, different kind of mountains, uh, starting, you know, it's night, a lot at night. And uh, how'd your, I mean, you went out really fast and then you look like you felt pretty good for, for a good while, um, but you had to overcome some things during the race. Yeah. Yeah. So I felt pretty good. I started out pretty quickly, but I felt like I was doing well all throughout. I had a little bit of stomach issues again. I think that um, the altitude, maybe I'm not sure exactly what was going on, but I had digestion issues. But as soon as those went away, I started feeling great again. Um, and that's when I kind of started accelerating. Uh, and then I, I was able to get in the lead at, um, which is, I think, about 100K within the race. It's been a while now that I've looked at them just about. And then I started, and then I was on top of the world. I felt great, you know, and there's a super long descent and I love descents. I'm all about the long runnable descents and I just went for it and I felt amazing. And then I kept running and running. And then eventually when I had to go back up uh, is when my body kind of spoke to me in a way that I preferred it not to. Uh, but uh, I don't know if you want to spoil, spoil the beans here. But, uh, I think the cat's out of the bag that I, I tore my psoas uh, at about... A hundred and I had a marathon left. Um, so it was maybe, I think about 130K. I put in the three centimeter hole in my psoas, which is fairly big and ended up tearing the ligament of the leg as well. So it made the rest of the course completely different than the first part. Uh, and it was definitely the most challenging thing that I have had to do in my life. What do you think? Do you, uh, you may have answered it. Do you think it was part of your form that caused that? It was part of that same issue, yeah, or it's the same yeah, issue and okay. Because I have notes right here. I was like, was it running downhill that caused it? Or yeah, no. It... It's it's a combination of a lot of things, but mostly it's the fact that I have my penguin foot on the right, and I just accumulate everything on the left, and yeah. um, you know, because the psoas is not the first muscle that usually breaks, or is not the first thing that usually breaks whenever. Something like that happened. That's in its accumulation. I think that uh, I think that I had a big summer and uh, my body just wasn't yeah. quite ready for it. But uh, but uh, I guess it it put a, a big light on the problem, and I'm working to solve it. Not enough carrots. Okay. Not enough you, carrots. Too Not much of carrots. that American <laughs> diet. <laughs> that American. <laughs> you needed apples, oranges, and uh. carrots. Yeah. You, there's no I'm way common. you could have enough calories. Did you? Okay. Sorry, I'm not gonna go down that route. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't even know. I've been trying to think how many calories are in a carrot. Yeah. I don't know. Not a lot. Not enough. Not enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you had to dig deep. I mean, you had to figure it out. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, and it's obvious in the film, you know, you were struggling, uh, but you kept moving forward. Um, it was kind of neat seeing how your crew reacted when you were the, in front of you and to the camera after. Rob, what were you thinking watching that kind of unfold? Um, you know? I thought she was going to drop out of the race. I've never seen uh, someone at an aid station in that much pain. And mm. each time she kept leaving aid stations, it, I mean, I went from totally being mind blown to totally being mind blown to like just, <laughs> I mean, and I was super sleep deprived at that point. So yeah, I mean, looking back, it was very emotional for me to see a friend like in that much pain. And then I have to follow up yeah. with interviewing her brother, Frankie, who's like seeing his sister and the most pain he's probably ever seen her in. And then talk to the mom and dad, like who are also like, it was just weird. It was like being at someone's birthday party, wedding and funeral at the same time. It was crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good way of <laughs> Emotional roller coaster for everybody. And I still involved. was like, wait, she's winning UTMB. Wait, can't comprehend that. Like, yeah. and I'm sure it's even weirder for Marianne, who was like, we tried to capture that in the film where she's like, it was surreal. Like, but we both looked at each other when yeah. she's in the lead. She had this real long straightaway. And I'm just like, good job. Or no, she goes, <laughs> Hey, and I'm like, hey, hey, I'm just hey. like, we're both exhausted in our own regards. And I'm just like, good yeah, job. Yeah. I think that was the inner, yeah. that was our conversation there, right? I have it on yeah, film. Yeah. Hey, good job. It's very uh, a whole lot, whole lot to say without saying anything. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> sometimes you can't make this stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. You just kept digging deep, though, and finding that, you know, it was obvious you were in pain, but you just kept moving forward. Was it, did you feel pushed by your crew or, or did you feel, did you, was it your decision to keep moving? Uh, no, there was, that's what's surprising, or I guess in retrospect, I never even thought that I was going to quit. Like the thought never even crossed my mind. I was just panicking as sure. like, how I was going to get Love there? It. And then I was thinking like, I kept mm -hmm. thinking who's behind me and how far behind are they? <laughs> But, it, but because yeah, when you're yeah. in that moment, you know, you think those things are so important. But now in retrospect, I'm like, even if it's, even if Caitlin had passed me, I would have been okay. And I would have, you know, I would have been pleased with the third place. But while you're in it, that's all I was thinking in my head. And I was just like focusing on the, the finish line. And I never, and none of my crew members even like eluded to the fact that I should stop or quit or, you know, there is never that. Um, conversation so I no, I never ever ask myself that question which I think is a good thing because I think that's a slippery slope <laughs> I think if you start asking yourself yeah. like should I stop that's when you start thinking of quitting so I'm thankful that my brain didn't go there but uh, I think that UTMB is a big deal and I wanted to do everything in my power to to get to that finish line and uh, it was my first time and I was yeah. in second position and I'm not saying that I would do this at any cost I think that obviously my health uh, is important and I, that's I, that's important for me to yeah. say like I think that if I was you know if this is my third or fourth time doing UTMB and I'm not having the, the day that I was having 
I think that eventually, yes, I would pull the plug. But given that it was my first time and things were still going well and I was still able to, you know, secure a second place finish, like I'm happy that I finished. Yeah. No, it was fantastic. How did, uh, I always wonder about this because when you watch UTMB and it's probably weird filming it, uh, you're climbing and you're struggling. You're obviously hurting and there's all these people just around in certain areas. I, how did you, re I don't know how I would react to that. Like you're trying to, like you, when you're, especially when you're really hurting and there are people all around you, like cheering you on is like, it could be positive, but it can also be kind of negative. I don't know. It's just kind of a weird thing. Like if you're on a hard climb, you're hurting and there are all these people wanting high fives and everything. How did that help you or did it just kind of what it was? What no, it was? I really enjoyed it. I really enjoy people. I, enjoy, I, you know, I'm a people's person and I enjoy seeing them on course. Like that's never been an issue. Yeah. I think what was interesting though, and at some point I wanted to tell people like, no, I'm actually hurting. I have an injury. <laughs> but I, like, what, yeah, yeah, like yeah. nobody cares, you know, they're just cheering me on. And, but you know, yeah. like when people are told yeah, me to yeah. run, for example, on the flat section, there was a part where I was walking yeah. a section that I definitely should have ran. And then when people would cheer me on to say like, like, let's go, you can run. And then in those moments, I wanted to tell them, no, actually I cannot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But but other than that, uh, no, I've I even then I enjoyed the, I enjoyed people cheering me on and it was all positive. It's just funny that you think these things, you know, because people are just out there cheering you on, really. So I'll add, I yeah. was tearing up because I was at the finish line trying to get the finish shot, and there's like a jumbotron, and I'm seeing her ankle just go like sideways. She almost wipes out on the trails. But the fact that she was, and I knew her hip was busted and I knew how much pain she was in. I was probably one of the few people uh, and I knew all the background of it, but seeing her run, put out that effort was, I, it was just maybe one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen to push when you're broken like that for such big stakes. Like if it was me middle of the pack for spot 500 i probably would have been hiking in or actually i might have probably dropped yeah. but regardless so i go from like this is the most beautiful like effort i've seen in basically forever to then like did anyone tell her that she's like 30 minutes ahead of third place because she's like sprinting looking back like paranoid sprinting <laughs> like could we just tell marianne she has like a gap because like like she can chill. I'm the camera that's guy. I'm not allowed to say anything and I don't want to get her in trouble for anything, but crew, like, that's can the you, one, yeah, come on. That's the one thing I would do differently is that I would want someone like closer to the finish. Cause I was super stressed. Cause someone told me that Caitlin was catching on to me and she was, but then when I started running, cause I was hiking, but then when I started running, then she wasn't going to catch yeah. 30 minutes if I started running, but I ran that whole downhill in like, you terrified that she was going to catch me. And, and even when I ran streets. through the city, yep. <laughs> even when I'm running in Chamonix on the around. streets in my head and I'm looking behind and I asked a few people like, Hey, is she behind me? <laughs> like, but you're, you also lose like, you lose, like, obviously I think if I was fully lucid, I would have understood that. But in those moments, you just, you're just, you know, you're kind of delusional. And I was just thinking that she was going to catch me. It was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. I was going to bring up, and you, you say it, and I want everybody, you need to check out the film and, and watch at the end, watching you run into the finish line there, like, 
I didn't see any pain in your face. I saw you smiling, excited. And isn't it crazy how you can have an injury and a few miles back you're hurting and you're just, you know, you feel crushed. But when you see that finish line and you run in, it all just kind of fades away. Yeah. And, and you just, that we can tap into that, you know, isn't it amazing? How did that feel? I mean, just, did you fl just float in? I think that the finish was so valuable to me because it was so hard for me to get to it. Like it, the last marathon was absolutely the worst miles of my life. You know, it was completely painful. It was hmm. unbelievably painful. And then I make it to the finish line. I make it to the city. And then it's just this party and people are just so happy. And I, I couldn't believe that I made it there. And that's why I was so happy. And I think that's why it made that moment enjoyable for me. And you're right that in that finish line, I look really happy. But then if you look at me 15 minutes after I crossed the finish line, I was not walk after that. People carried me around and I- Where'd you go? I, I, were you in like a medical tent? You disappeared. No, they, <laughs> yeah, I went, I had to get tested and then they oh. carried me out of there and then they carried me back to the house. Like, and I'm physically carried me back. I did not walk after that. And so the next day I could barely, I could barely make it through like 15 minutes of being awake. I was, I passed out that night. I was completely out of it. So <laughs> first of all, I have that all on film and I decided to keep that out. I was going to, I was going to ask. If second of all, I had a beer with you the next day and I thought I might kill you. So I was glad you lived through that beer. Uh, I was really, I was concerned. I was concerned. Maybe what's that's the photo we share with David. <laughs> The one of you passed That's... out, like at the finish line, the next day. That that'll be the one we put to to advertise the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> drooling, just <Does she> have <laughs> drooling. I probably. I mean, I can't no, believe you got up on stage to get your trophy that day. That was amazing. I, that was that the was best performance of the double. I think the fact so, that you got up on stage and <laughs> I know you passed out during your "I Run Far" interview, or almost did, right? Oh, really? not, that was after Western States. Oh, after oh, yeah, Western right. States, I passed out, and that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good interview for anyone who's interested. Just okay. She got on stage. Bloopers, Rob. I, we need to just put out a whole a video that's just bloopers because I have. I went through twelve hours of a hundred and twenty frames a second type footage. It was just like 4K, 125 frames a second for 12 hours. Like terabytes of data. <laughs> the fact that we got like 48 and a half minute film for you, like this was a lot of work, yeah. but uh, Marianne trusted me to tell her story. And I do think you'll inspire a lot of people with this film. And yeah. I watch it now yeah. and I'm so sick of it because I've watched it 150 times. And I still think it's really slow in my own head, but I think you guys will really like it. So definitely check it out. And it, it does help us a lot if you can share it or like, I know it sounds lame, but like give it a thumbs up or whatever, like whatever helps like the algorithms yeah. that Google. So Google knows this isn't Marianne like eating some weird like bug or something. This is a high quality story. <laughs> this is a really, truly inspirational kind of historic type ultra running yeah. feat that she did. So thank you guys for checking it out. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. Marianne, and I didn't tell you this, but congratulations. I mean, this is a way for, you know, later, but Thanks. man, that, that's an amazing feat to go through, especially, I mean, 
even just being a hundred percent, even if you hadn't broken your, you know, have your spiral fracture and everything else. And just that you you came through that. And then your first two hundreds to just make history. Congratulations. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Well, quick, quick question before I, well, I have two questions real quick. I just, I want to, I want you to think about this. What did you learn about Marianne from Western States? What did you learn for, about yourself doing that race? I like, I mentioned was, I learned that even if I am a very positive person, I can go through some dark moments, but okay. I can get myself out of those. Um, and if I surround myself with the right people, they will help me get out of those moments. And I think that's super important when we run ultra distances that you surround yourself with the right people that help you uh, go through these darker moments and you will be vulnerable and you will need th- these people to tell you like, hey, it's going well, it's going well, you're doing good, keep moving forward and you're going to do well. And that's what I needed. And that's what I learned during yeah. Western States. And it's exa- it's the reason why I replicated the same team, the same exact team from Western States to UTMB and in the, in the, it worked out for me. Well, what did you learn differently about yourself from UTMB? Uh, I think at UTMB, I realized that uh, even if my, my head sometimes dreams really big, my body has limits and my body is sending me signals and sometimes I need to listen to them. And that is something that is difficult for us to do sometimes. I think it's harder to not listen to those signals than to, to do the work, if that makes any sense. Like for me, that's my biggest, uh, my biggest weakness is that I often go over the limit and then I pay the price. And so UTMB was a good, in, it was a good lesson for me. And uh, I think I need to, to focus on that for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, great film. I enjoyed watching it. Um, I want to encourage everybody else to watch it. And man, it's been great getting to know you, Marianne. I'm looking forward to seeing you hit the trail Thank again. you. <laughs> it was nice to meet you as well. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Rob, good to catch as up, always. man. We need to not take so long. I, I know. I mean, now that I'm done with this horrifically long film, I mean, I wish Marianne <laughs> had just, you know, DNF'd states and then this whole thing would be over and i'd be in a lot better shape but unfortunately i had to really focus and uh yeah ultimately all i can press on people is believe in your friends and i'm thankful that i was you know trusted to even fill and share and story so thank you for checking out the film thanks for having us on yeah excellent all right take care guys Bye.